Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Shut up and sit down. Hello and welcome back to Fourth Down Focus, brought to you by Believe Podcast Network. I am Dan Lundy, host of the podcast and founder of Fourth Down University, a company focused on the training and development of specialists and coaches. The month of June is heating up with a ton of exciting sports action, and Bet Online is where you can find it. From basketball and hockey playoffs to baseball's marquee matchups, Bet Online has the latest odds, news, and information for all of your online sports betting needs. Visit the website today at betsonline.ag or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So before the next tip-off, face-off, or pitch, check out Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Episode 39 of the podcast welcomes Dr. Tracy Davenport, a recognized expert in the field of health and performance. Covering the latest health research, she has had more than 1,000 articles published over the last two decades. She was a co-developer of U.S. Rowing Coaches Education Program and has worked with athletes and coaches across the country explaining the latest science around sleep to help perform and achieve at optimal performance levels. Davenport holds an MA in psychology and a PhD in human growth and development. She was named Graduate Student of the Year at the University of Delaware, the recipient of the President's Medal from Washington College, the Woman of the Year from the Midshore Community Foundation, and the Minority Achievement Award winner from Maryland State Department of Education. She lives on Maryland's Eastern Shore and is a longtime wife of a college coach, a mother of two athletes. One is a college football player and the other is a NASCAR pit crew member. She loves to work with trainers, coaches, and athletes at all levels and can be found at tracyshealthyliving.com. And I will post that in the comments as well. Dr. Davenport, it is an absolute pleasure having you on the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm I'm super excited. I stumbled upon your podcast maybe by accident, but um, I was struck by how curious you were. I was struck by how you seemed to just want to know everything there was to know about performance, and it inspired me to reach out to you. So you definitely stood out in the crowd. So I applaud you. I appreciate it. No, I, I'm excited too. I hate to cut you off, but I am very excited. Uh, I've done this for 19 years in terms of football and coaching specialists and coaches and specialists. And what I found, Tracy, is I need to get better in things that supplement or complement what it is that I'm an expert in. And I think that sleep, and as I've learned through you, we've had numerous discussions uh, before recording today because I wanted to get a little more informed. I'm scratching the surface with you, but today I wanted to kind of catch up my audience with what it is you and I have been discussing. So today's discussion will be the five ways adequate sleep helps with performance. And that, as in pre-recording, you and I talked about, it's not necessarily athletic performance. It's performing in life. It's waking up. It's feeling great. It's being there for your family. It's going to your work, your employers or your employees. They need you and they want you now and they have to have you now and you need to produce. And I think that sleep is essential. And I'm learning more and more that it's not just uh, how I feel, you know, it's, it's how I respond to others. And so let's just get right into it. Um, the first of the five is sleep performs a housekeeping role for our brains. Can you explain how sleep helps to clean up quote unquote, the brain and its activity? Right. So I'll put my cards on the table to begin. Uh, what got me here was 
My mother has had Alzheimer's disease for the last eight years. She just passed about a month ago. But I tell you that because this is what gets me up every day and really inspired about this subject. And we'll talk about Alzheimer's disease throughout. And while some of your younger listeners uh, may be far away from them, I think some of your coaches and parents will really be able to um, tune into this aspect. But thanks to brain imaging and um, what we've seen in the last five years, um, sleep is one of the fastest developing areas of science. Some of what we know this year, we didn't know five years ago, but one of the most important things we now know is that sleep is a very active time for us. If we look at brain imaging of when we are deeply asleep versus when we awake, there's not that much difference. And one of the things that's happening, the job that the brain is doing is removing toxins. And um, what happens during the day is we have a buildup of toxins in our brain. And then at night, our brain works to wash those away. And the way that connects with Alzheimer's disease is we see a buildup in Alzheimer's patients of these protein plaque deposits that tend to get in the way of communication and memory. These tangles of protein deposits need to be removed every night. So when we sleep, that helps play a protective role against Alzheimer's disease. Um, in the year 2050, you know, that's 30 years from now, less than 30 years, we are expecting Alzheimer's disease to more than double in this country. So like, unlike cancer or some other diseases that are reducing, we are not only slowing Alzheimer's, but it's going to double in 30 years. And we know sleep can play a role through this cleaning out mechanism. Wow. I, I don't know where to start, but I will share with the audience that what really connected me to you was in learning about you and your mother. My grandmother had Alzheimer's. And the ironic thing was my grandmother in the 90s was a renowned Christian author. She had a bestseller called Glimpses of Grace. And the, the, the book is really about her dealing with her mother's uh, progression into to where she didn't even recognize her anymore. I, I shouldn't use the word progression. She was actually digressing into a state in which after a while, it was a stranger caring for, for her from her mother's perspective. And it was really, really obviously a daunting task to walk into a, I'm getting a little emotional, but. I know, me too, me too. It was, <laughs> you know, it was. It, um, it, it, it's, such, it's such big stuff though, Dan. And we have an opportunity to help people. So this emotion is real and this is raw. And this is, this is us coming with our hearts to tell people you have an opportunity here. So this is okay. And this is divine intervention and this is whatever you wanna call it. But we have an, an opportunity for our audience to hear some real stuff. Amen. And that's what we're doing. And that's what we're doing. Amen. So yeah. she struggled and ironically that was what happened, you know? So, sorry, I'm going to collect myself, but I, no, I just, no, I just wanted, no, I wanted to share that. And I, and, you know, in yeah. learning from you, I think that my grandmother was a workhorse, you know, she was, she ran for state representative in the house in Florida. Wow. She was, she was involved in a lot of, uh, she was, her purpose, I think at the end was to use her writing ability and to help others. So she would do women's conferences for, for bettering these, these women that wanted to enter into the writing field. And she just never slept, you know, and it, it, 
it's kind of scary to think about that. I think she could have had a little more control had she had the knowledge. And I think that the knowledge is finally here. So people like, people like you and I need to echo this because. Yes. Yes. And my own mother, her husband went completely blind and she took care of him 24 seven and didn't sleep. And we know more now and we can help parents and we can help parents help their, their young athletes. And we're here for a reason today. And we're going to, we're going to share so much. Okay, so let's get into point two. I, hopefully, this is a little, little easier to cover, but it, it sleep, in fact, does help with intelligence. And I think that most of the audience has heard that before, but I'd like you to elaborate on this. And the first thing a college coach will ask me when they recruit an athlete of mine is, you know, how are his grades? Can the young man receive instruction on and off the field? And can he make adjustments quickly? Can you explain how sleep will support these essential functions that an athlete is expected to do? Well, first of all, you just pretty much nailed what sleep can do for a young athlete. If you had to describe it, that would be the, the, the question that you ask would be one of the main things that sleep can do. So first of all, let's talk about how much sleep is needed, right? Let's just have a baseline. Of course, there's different, there's quantity and quality, which are two different aspects, but let's talk about quantity. Eight to 10 hours of sleep for athletes, you know, that's age 18 to on up and just like hydration uh, amounts vary, if you're in Florida, if you're wearing your equipment, um, sleep amounts vary too. If you have, um, you know, if you are working hard or if you have an injury, you're gonna need to go beyond 10 hours. And these aren't numbers that are being debated in science. These are many, many people have gotten behind these numbers. And what people will tell you is that, well, I only need six hours, I only need four hours. We're actually not seeing that in the lab. So that's a little bit like drunk drivers will say to you, I'm fine after six beers. I'm fine after four hours. It's just simply not not true in terms of performance. So when it comes to intelligence, know this, sleep is a time when our thoughts and our memories are filed and consolidated. If we don't get enough sleep, that impacts our memory and clarity. Um, sleep Sleep deprivation has to do with reaction time, remembering facts and directions, being overall sharp. Now that's on the field or court or classroom or behind the wheel. Now in the classroom, there are so many studies that are available. We know sleep quality and quantity are closely related to learning capacity and academic performance. It's also sleep loss is really related to uh, poor procedural learning. And when it comes to kicking and punting, you are all about procedural learning. Punting and kicking is all about Step one, do this, step two, do this, step three, do this. That's procedural learning. So if you're a coach and you are over and over and over again, trying to explain these procedures, if the ball goes this way, I want you to kick this way. If this happens, I want you to do this. And if the student athlete is not getting enough sleep, it doesn't matter what, how good your teaching skills are, they are not gonna be able to maintain those procedures. And studies were restricted, there's sleep restricted, academic performance goes down time and again. Um, And let me just explain really quickly why some of that happens. All day long, your student athletes and you and I are taking in information. I'm looking at you right now and I can see that you have a hat on and you have a short beard and you have fourth down university behind yourself. So I'm constantly taking in sights and sounds through my senses and they're filling up my brain. But tonight when I sleep, I'm going to get rid of a lot of things that I don't need, a lot of things without an emotional connection to them. 
when you and I spoke about my mother and your grandmother, we had an emotional connection. That could come up tonight. That could get filed, consolidated. What do we need to remember about that? So tomorrow, and we'll talk about this with emotional stability, we've got a really good handle on that. But I probably won't remember your white hat. That's gonna get, that's gonna get thrown out tonight and make room for the things that really matter to me tomorrow, like how you explain how to punt the football. So yeah. that's where intelligence, we really need to make space every night through this clearing process so that we can be smarter tomorrow. I was telling you at one point I had a radio show and I can tell you that on the days where I didn't get as much sleep, I had it first thing in the morning, I would say, um, more, um, 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 I wasn't as fast. I'm 58. It's very, very important that I do every single thing I can for intelligence. And when I sleep well, I'm very quick with my responses. I'm very sharp to wherever direction you take me. Performance and intelligence and sleep really go together. Um, one of the th reasons that we think that sleep is so important for the brain when it comes to intelligence is that in mice studies, we can see where the fluid when the mice are asleep, it travels more quickly around the cells. So it does a better job cleaning. Maybe from an engineering standpoint, that's my original degree, maybe that's because the cells shrink just a little bit at night in the brain, but it allows that fluid to really do some great cleaning. And when it comes to injuries um, in the Journal of Pediatric Orthopedics, sleep hours were the number one predictor of the number of times of athletic injury. Athletes who got less than eight hours per night were almost two times more likely to have an injury than athletes that had more than eight hours of sleep a night. That's probably not from a physical standpoint, that's probably from an intellectual standpoint of people doing stupid things. So Absolutely. if you're a trainer and you can cut your workload almost in half by having your athletes sleep, man, that's just a no brainer when it comes to staffing, when it comes to recruiting and longevity for your football team. I mean, this has such power to it in terms of high school sports and college sports. Yeah. I want to add on to that and say that I can think of a good example. Last weekend, I have a kid out of Jacksonville, Florida, who is an exceptionally gifted kicker. Uh, one of the best I've had in a while. He's got two more years of high school left and he will play college football uh, unless something terrible happens like an injury. But my point is this, he came to me last Sunday and it was a group session. And my expectation was that he was to be the leader of the group and, and demonstrate through action and application through our learning and our private lessons. And he was just simply put, he was off. He, he did not look like the same human being. And after the workout and, you know, we were packing up and his dad was not happy, not a happy man with the performance, but I, I thought it might've been, he wasn't happy with, with me or what did you tell him today? Cause sometimes parents love to place blame and, and, and everywhere, but their kid. But what I love that the father said is he walked right up to me and he's, he seemed disgruntled. He looked upset. He looked at me and he said, you know what he did last night? And I was like, I have no idea. Uh, I hope nothing bad. You know, and he goes, oh, well, I think it was terrible. He stayed up till 3.30 in the morning. I walked in his room. He was playing a video game. And I yelled at him. And I said, I cannot believe I have to tell you to go to bed. We have to be up at 6. We have to get to Daytona Beach um, by 9.30. And you got to eat breakfast. Like, what are you doing? He freaked out on him. And sure enough, this is the worst performance I think I've ever seen him. And, I, and, and it could have been coincidental, but I don't think so. And we 
we establish some parameters moving forward. If you're going to see Dan Lundy uh, the next day, you will go to bed early. You go to bed around 10, phone will be off. And some of these things I, I got from you and I mentioned, I was like, I can't wait for you, hear, for you to hear this podcast today because it, it reminds me a lot of your son. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, re- it really had an adverse short-term effect on his performance. And it was simply the fact that he didn't sleep. You know, he probably got three and a half hours and he probably wasn't used to that because I think he's in the structure of his parents' house and that doesn't occur very often. But for whatever reason, that night he got away with it and I think he paid for it. And I think he, he learned a lesson because I, I saw him again a week later, which was this past Sunday, a few days ago. And first thing he said was, I promise you I'm going to do better today. I, I did what you said. I feel wonderful. I'm yep. hydrated. I'm rested. Yep. And, sh- and sure enough, Sure enough, he was one or two out of the 40 kids. Well, and and just like drunk driving, you can't talk your way through this. You can't, you know, you have a lot of athletes who have a lot of perseverance, a lot of endurance, a lot of mental toughness. You can't mental tough your way through when you don't have enough sleep because your brain, your command system, if it hasn't done what it needed to do to recharge, there's no talking your way through. And that's what a lot of young people, I think they get confused they, they, they know they can just push through. This isn't a push through situation. And, you know, I, I have here on my notes to talk about phones. I, phones at night in uh, student athletes bedrooms. I can imagine you, people don't know me very well, but trust me when I say you don't want me to get into this right now because it won't be pretty. But what I can tell you, whether you're talking about video games or phones in bedrooms, is that your brain, it's very, very important that your brain does not have external stimuli at night. Your brain needs to go to a place that we really can't get to on our own. And in order to do that, it needs no interruptions. And so phones in the bedrooms, I'll say this, I'll say that the greatest gift that we can give our children, if for the parents that are listening, and you know what, I'm gonna tell you, I'm not only a daughter, but I'm also a mom of two boys, right? And I've heard the stories, I've heard the narratives of if we don't have our phones, we're gonna miss out. Uh, We're going to not have any friends. We're going to miss something really important for tomorrow and we may die, right? I've heard it, I've been there. But because I've spent so much time in memory care wards, nothing moves me, nothing budges me when it comes to phones and waking children up at night because we have to protect their health, we have to protect their intelligence. And we're gonna talk in a minute about this window opportunity that we have. But yeah, we have to be very strong against it. So I, I couldn't feel any couldn't feel any more about what you're saying about the, the student athlete. Yeah, I thought of you because we had just talked prior to that weekend that he had a negative day. And when I found when I found out the result, uh, I was like, wow, is that if that's not a good sign or indicator that what she's saying is spot on because uh, because he, he's not a drinker you know this kid is a very very responsible young man however like I think that people don't see the value in sleep you know he he's like well I'm not going to drink you know so I'll feel fine uh, and it, it's it's probably more important to get your sleep I hate to say that but it's of the utmost importance uh, the third go ahead the third adequate uh, how do I say this? The, I think the third positive thing that sleep brings for, for performance, and I don't think I, this is what you said, is it helps with physical development. Right. 
the best specialists are also great athletes. You know, uh, I think people are mistaken that these kids are elite. These kids are often elite soccer players, pitchers, golfers, and by chance the their niche is in, is in what I do and it's their best route to college. So they elect to do so very seldom. Do I have a kid who just kicks footballs? You know, he came to me off of another field and he was elite in what he did. Uh, there's often a direct relationship between the physical makeup of an athlete and his or her performance, you know, when, when we assign them a task. So can you explain uh, sleep's role in this physical development? Yeah. So let's be academic for just a minute, because, you know, the one thing that I learned in uh, with my doctorate in human growth and development is that we have windows of opportunities, especially with our young people. Um, many of the athletes that you're coaching and that are college coaches with our freshmen and our sophomore, and then all of our high school and middle school athletes, there's a certain window that they're in. And once that window has gone, it's kind of gone in a lot of ways. And so let's not overthink it, right? I'm going to give you three things that contribute to growth and development and performance. There are only three things for all of us, for you, for me, for your athletes, uh, environment, genetics, and lifestyle. Those are the only three things that can make us better. Our environment, many of us can't change. The students that show up to you, that's who they are, right? They've come from the neighborhoods they've come to, they've come from the noise, whatever. Genetics, they come to you the way they come to you. You really can't change genetics. But the one thing you can change is lifestyle. That's how you can you know, move up on the scale is through lifestyle when you talk about performance. So you know, maybe, I know you have a couple of little girls, you know, based on your um, genome, the set of instructions that your wife and you have, that's gonna tell how tall your daughters are gonna be. But there's gonna be a range. We all come born with a range. So maybe your daughters are gonna be five, four to five, six, just using as a guess, right? Depending on you and your wife's height. But their lifestyle is what's gonna take them to the top of their physical range. So take this now and translate it to the field and your coaches and your players. Each of your players are gonna come to to you pre-programmed with a range of performance. Your job is to help them hit the top of their range. And sleep can play a critical role there because sleep is a time where people grow. And identical twin studies are very telling here because the environment was usually the same and genetics were usually identical. So now we only have one variable that can move, right? And that's uh, lifestyle. So when it comes to um, twins, identical twins, children, the, the twin who slept more on average are taller than the twin that didn't sleep as much. I mean, that's clear and simple, right? And the reason that is scientifically is because when we sleep, we can even know what hours the growth hormone is released. So if you've got kids that are on video games until 3 a.m., that growth hormone is Um, repressed. It's not releasing at the same rate. So it's incredibly important if you're worried about how tall you're going to be, how muscular you're going to be, that you put sleep into that equation, especially in that window of opportunity. And sleep is recognized in the research community as one of the most effective recovery strategies available. Um, It's related to performance over and over in the literature, sprint time, free throws, three-point shots, all significantly improve following extended sleep time, swimming times drop, injuries are reduced, and you don't have to be a varsity athlete. This applies to aerobics, biking, yoga, whatever you're into. And I always, I told you that I always study before I do a podcast, I do a performance, I do a talk, because 
The science of sleep is changing by the week. And it's very, very important that I stay up to date each week, not each year, each week. And this morning I read a study where sleep was linked to diabetes, heart disease, obesity, as well as Alzheimer's disease. And what I also read this morning in a new study is that short sleepers have more back pain than long sleepers. This is what we call a bi-directional influence. Probably people who have back pain are sleeping less, but people who are sleeping less are also not curing their back pain because it is such a time of recovery. So yeah, 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 yeah. So if you've got kids that are injured, you've got student athletes, college, high school that are injured, and then they're going home and they're up all night and they're not letting their bodies do the healing that they wanna do overnight with this hormone balancing um, this nutrient uptake, all the things that happen, their injury, we can see in mice where their injury is prolonged versus shortened. We can actually prolong or shorten injuries with sleep. And I've done um, talks with trainers, preseason talks. When a student athlete comes to you and they're injured, we have to know what their sleep schedule is in order to shorten the injury. Forget the ice baths, man. Let's figure out what's happening with sleep and nutrition first, right? Yeah. And I, I really like what the NFL is doing. I spoke with you a little bit about this and it's not a mandate because you can't, you can't force it, but you can strongly encourage and you can monitor and you can remind the next day of, Hey, you didn't meet expectations, but the expectation in the NFL in season is a minimum of nine hours on a mattress in hopes that there's a lot of sleep going on in the mattress. Um, and they're unyielding with this and, and they're actually monitoring this the best they can. And I think that it's wonderful. And I think that we will then see it trickle down to the college and high school levels after it's been established that it is in fact beneficial for all. Um, so I, I, I do, I see, in, especially in the college level, it is not stressed. I, I, I have never been a part of a program where they even took it into consideration. I think that the, they expect these athletes go home and are responsible, but I, I think there needs to be a little more follow through and oversight and, and just, just, I think it should be like a team effort. You well, know, I think, co I think coaches should model this behavior yeah. as well. And the, co the coaches are the most guilty. Yes. The, co the coaches are the most void of sleep. And that's really alarming because they're, they're the leaders of the team. They're and making the most their assistants, right? I mean, the assistant coaches, sure. then they're, yeah. they're working until nine o'clock and then maybe going out until 12 and then they're for a 6am practice. I mean, yeah. And absolutely I, right. So if we're not modeling it as coaches or adults, uh, we can't expect for the younger generations to, to practice it or even give it a try. Um, so I love this. Uh, I'm going to move on to the next one, which is really, I think, the most important and relatable to this show, which is sleep contributes to emotional stability. And it helps prevent, like we mentioned, mental illness, whether it's mm -hmm. Alzheimer's, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Specialists, we get one shot. Tracy and oftentimes we'll wait till the third quarter and sometimes the fourth and then oh by the way we're going to call your number now and a it's 17 17 if you make this we probably win the game because defense is playing well so the importance of being stable in the midst of chaos it's an absolute must you know in order to be a successful special teams performer could you explain a little bit more about how sleep does in fact help with emotional stability which is a requirement in everything in life yeah so like I said, at the beginning of the podcast, through microtechnology, through brain imaging, you know, you talked about the NFL. It, it's not because the NFL is a lot of nice guys and are trying to prevent Alzheimer's. It's going to be a secondary uh, thing here, but 
they know what the science is saying and they know the importance of sleep and performance and they're just ahead of the game. Um, but through a study at Tel Aviv University, I think just two years ago, we could even see what part of the brain at night helped with emotional stability. And it's called the amygdala. And when children and adults don't get enough sleep, what happens, the amygdala is off and it doesn't regulate emotions. So it doesn't allow us to do something called objective processing. And that's when we, you know, we, we tend to catastrophize things. So if you're talking about, let's say your example with a kicker that comes out, you know, it'd be the difference between a, a student athlete who kicks and misses and says, I'm worthless. I'm never gonna be able to face this football field again. And I've, I'm in the wrong sport and there's no hope for me. That's somebody who hasn't enough sleep versus, you know what? I feel like the hold was off. I feel like there's some, I could have done differently, especially with the wind coming, but there's gonna be another time. And I'm just gonna to have to take what I learned and move on. And we can see this in a video. We can, I used to, when I was a college professor, I used to show my students a video. I think it came out of um, Harvard where they would show college students who were sleep deprived, disturbing images. And then they would show another group of college students who had had enough sleep, the same images. And we saw the college students without enough sleep on the ground rolling back and forth in the fetal position. And we saw the college students who'd had enough sleep saying, stop, I don't wanna see anymore. So we're talking about neutrality of when you tell me something, I'm disappointed. Of course, I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed I'd miss that. And I, I hope I get it the next time, which is totally different than I hate this. I hate this. I'm no good at this. I'm never going to be able to be, do this, right? That's just so counterproductive. And you and I spoke in the pre-recording about one of the things that's important here about emotional stability is longevity. And you're getting student athletes that need to be be tough for you for four years, no matter if they're having thermodynamics, if they're learning to fly at Florida Tech, which is where I went, if they're studying physics at MIT, we need them to be emotionally stable if we're gonna perform on the athletic field, right? And that's where sleep can really, really help. And what we know, and I talked to a lot of private schools and is we're seeing depression among our adolescents go through the roof right now. And COVID certainly didn't help that. And we know that sleep, lack of sleep and depression, there's an influence where the less sleep you get, the more depression we see in adolescents. The same with bipolar disorder. So we have an opportunity here when a student athlete comes to you and they're freaking out of, let me ask you, what time did you go to bed last night? And did you have your phone that you couldn't reach? That's gotta be our first question to these student athletes when they're freaking out. We have to make sure that their brain is being cared for. Yeah, it's, it's starting to become practice with me. I can promise you that. I've asked that question two or three times in the last week, and it's it's really neat to hear that. Yes, this is a problem. You know, that oh. this is it's if you ask someone and they're going to be forthcoming and, and honest. Nobody that I deal with personally right now is doing a good enough job, um, and they have complete control over that. Right? It's the lifestyle, like you mentioned. And one of my favorite quotes is, "Life is." you know, 10% what happens to us, whether we miss that kick or not, but it's 90% how we're going to respond to it is how life will go for us. Right. Yeah. Um, and I don't think that we're going to handle that 90% response. Well, if we're not doing the little things like putting our phone away, getting nine hours of sleep, and then waking up the next day ready to attack, you know? Yeah. And, and just really quick on that point, Dan, I think what the listeners need to hear is that 
what I always tell my, my college athletes, and I've had a couple teams that have taken this and run so far, my, my ultimate goal is to, for them to be out, you know, not use an alarm. I don't use an alarm and I, that's my ultimate goal for them. And um, one of the things that, you know, I just love to see how they begin to be, get happier. And this isn't punitive. This is once you embrace this and you can really get rolling in this direction, you're performing better and you're happier. You're not punished by this. Like, oh, I have to go to bed. It's, oh, I want to go to bed because tomorrow I have so much I want to accomplish. And you're just flying so high. And that's, I think, what I really, really want people to, to hear. This isn't where you're going to lose life. It's where you're going to gain life. And you're going to get so much done. And that's just, just such a huge message around the emotional piece. Yeah, I think it might seem like a sacrifice initially because it is some it's a change. Just like anything, I had a kid from Cincinnati here yesterday and he's an, he's a great I mean he's an all-American. He will he probably will be the number one kicker in college football next year and I explained right away that I'm going to take some excessive things uh, out of your process today and in doing so initially you will struggle. You will not be as good as you were yesterday. However, 2-3 weeks from now if you're willing to apply these things, I'm going to give you less variables which will make you more repeatable. And his maturity, and I could tell he had a lot of sleep. You know, yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah. You can't even tell they have a lot of sleep. That's the crazy yeah. part. You see yeah. clarity within people when they've had a lot of sleep, especially our young people. They're fast, they're quick, they're steady. They're not checked out and just on their phones in a daze. You will begin to tune in when your student athletes have had enough sleep and not had enough sleep. It was my easiest lesson in terms of, yeah, like I could tell everything I said, there was effort put in and it was very specific stuff I was asking for. And it was executed very well for the first time. And I think that had he had, you know, a bad night or, or whatever, not taking care of the little things, I don't think that we would have gotten as much as we did yesterday in two and a half hours done. And then, and then I hope last night, if he slept very well after that lesson, that's going to help that memory and consolidation. That's going to rewire his brain in the middle of the night to help him remember the important things from that lesson. So it's not even only before the football lesson, but it's after that he really needs to get a great night's sleep to begin to consolidate and memorize these things. And we can see this with, we can show people paintings they've never seen before. They're original paintings and we can have them sleep and not sleep. And the people who sleep, remember more about the paintings than the people who don't sleep. This is one of the simplest science you're ever gonna see. So those student athletes of yours that are gonna go home and get a good night's sleep afterwards, they're gonna remember more of what you said the next time and be more, more focused. Amen. Yeah. So this, this next one, I, I found very interesting and I'd like you to share, cause I think people are gonna be like, how? Mm -hmm. But you, you let me know that sleep, it also kind of directs us. It doesn't kind of, it does in fact, with study has shown that it is leading individuals to healthier foods with adequate sleep. So many of my kickers and punters, they come to me from a soccer field and you know they shift their focus because it's harder to make it in this country in soccer at the college level. There's yeah. many, many more opportunities in football. I got so, one of those. You know, so it, yeah. it's common to see the, the weight gain during this transition, right there with less cardiovascular activity, you know, less soccer and more kicking. I hate to say it, but you, you do sometimes, especially with the genetics, if, it, if it's there, you're going to see some kids that are, that are going to realize that, man, I'm not running as much and I'm getting bigger. Mm -hmm. Can you explain how adequate sleep can help with this transition and even getting older, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So speaking of getting older, you know, this is really easy to understand is that women of menopausal age, 
so much more have that extra belly fat. And a big reason for that is because they're not sleeping as well, because as we age, we tend to fight sleep a little bit more. And that, that really is tied to our food choices, but more importantly, our hormone balancing. So um, this all very much matters in our food selection. In a study of over 13,000 adolescents, when we took everything out, we took economics, we took intelligence, we, we parceled everything out and we just had looked at sleep. Sleeping less than seven hours a night was associated with reduced vegetable and fruit consumption with adolescents. So the reason why is that when we are sleep deprived, our brain uh, wants high salt, high sugar foods, coffee cakes, donuts, right? We don't want after 11 p.m., you know, the kid that was staying up too late playing video games, I'm gonna guess he didn't go into the kitchen and make a salad topped with radishes. I'm just <laughs> gonna go out on a limb there and say he wasn't blending hummus and lemon juice in the middle of the night. What we see is that people, even when they are getting adequate sleep, what's really bad for people on the night shift who are, have worse health than people on the day shift is that past 11 p.m., that seems to be kind of a witching hour where they will choose worse food. So it has to do with our circadian rhythms. Um, when we're in the daytime, we can, in a good night's sleep, we can focus ahead. I already know I'm gonna have a smoothie today for lunch. I've already decided my day is kind of planned. I'm gonna do hot yoga tonight. So I'm just gonna have something light for dinner. You know, We tend to be in that kind of a mindset when we're well-rested and we're thinking of our performance for the day. When we're just staying up late, our hormones are out of balance, our emotional, we're tired and we're eating for all the wrong reasons. You know, I used to do, I, I told you, I used to talk to college athletes about nutrition. And I found that if you don't have your sleep right, nutrition isn't gonna help you because you're not, your brain's gonna overpower you. It's gonna choose the wrong things at the wrong time. If you have short sleep duration, um, it's associated with higher fast food consumption. And we can, we can see this in the sleep lab over and over and over again. And the other thing I read this morning is that there's a new study that shows short sleep duration has added weight in all groups, all age groups. You're six years old or you're 60 years old. Short sleep duration shows higher rates of obesity. So we got to get it under control. It brings it back to you. you it's, I think it's more onto your point of sleep is active time because I think people would be shocked to hear that because, well, if I'm not sleeping, I'm moving a little bit and, you know, uh, my body's, you know, burning energy as I'm awake. But what you're saying is the inverse. It's the complete opposite is okay. you actually, you actually, you can avoid obesity by, again, re being fully reliant on adequate sleep. Thank you so much for joining the show, Tracy. If you would like to connect with Dr. Davenport on anything discussed today, she can be reached by visiting her website at tracyshealthyliving.com. Again, that is tracy's, T-R-A-C-Y-S, healthyliving.com, or on Instagram and Twitter, you can follow her at drinksmoothies. Again, that's at drinksmoothies. It means a lot to everyone at 4th Down Focus that Dr. Davenport was able to share information that can and will benefit performance both on and off the field. Please give us a five-star rating, a review, subscribe to the show, share it with a friend. If you have any questions that are related to the podcast, suggestions for future topics or guests, or if you just have feedback for the show, you can reach me, Dan Lundy, in several ways. 
My website is fourthdownu.com. That's 4-T-H-D-O-W-N-U.com. It has endless resources for both coaches and specialists. On social media, my Instagram and Twitter is at fourthdownu. That's at 4-T-H-D-O-W-N-U. And on Facebook and LinkedIn, you can find me by simply searching Dan Space Lundy, L-U-N-D-Y. Thanks again for joining us at Fourth Down Focus, presented to you by Bet Online. We'll see you next week with an exciting new guest. I hope 2021 is still treating each and every one of you well. And remember, in all things, give thanks. Shut up and sit down. Save big money on your outdoor project now at Menards. We have everything you need to keep your outdoor power equipment running smooth so you can keep that lawn in tip-top shape. Or enjoy some time on your boat. Right now, all FVP, lawn and garden, and marine batteries are on sale through May 5th. Check out our entire selection of FVP batteries today. And view our weekly flyer on Menards.com for more great deals. Save big money at Menards. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.